I was reading something last night from this great book, uh, The Tibetan Art of Healing. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it. You've probably seen this. It's got all, I've the, seen that. all the great drawings, you know, uh, that are related to the art of, of healing in, in uh, that the Tibetan tradition, uh, very much like Ayurvedic. Um, but it was, it was talking about the, uh, what we were talking about last week with the, uh, the form elements. Ah. Find it here. The four elements, you mean? Yeah. 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 Earth, here water. Yeah. So according to Tibetan medical philosophy, all animate and inanimate phenomena are composed of the five primordial elements, earth, water, fire, air, and space, symbolizing the dynamic interpenetrating forces within all nature. So I think that was kind of what we were getting at last week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, yeah, yeah. That, that interpenetration of all forces yeah. within nature and that these symbolize them per se. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the the scientific table of putting. A, <laughs> is the that how you not the element? Yeah, the element the, a table of elements like uh, put in a different way. I like it because you, you can kind of see those elements and relate to those elements because they're you don't have to attend, you know. Uh, attend a class in high school and in university to understand that you know what water and earth and fire and air are in space yeah you know and that's uh, the building building blocks of our like perceived reality it's pretty awesome yeah and all the like we were saying last week all the different combinations um yeah. that arise from there another thought that kind of uh, struck me too is like because i think i had mentioned i always got a little stuck on this but it's really kind of talking about consciousness you know mm -hmm. it's not just the body like these are obviously related to the body but it's really the the journey of one's consciousness and how it's being um not influenced but how it's being molded or uh, how it's experiencing itself yeah through these elements like if you didn't yeah. if you weren't if you were just sort of consciousness without the uh, the form elements mm -hmm. different world different thing altogether right well yeah Definitely. Yeah. And we're going to talk about that because uh, he, because, you know, there's <laughs> limitless, limitless lists. And one of them is the realms. Uh, and, you know, there's, there, and we'll get there, uh, I think soon, but there's a couple of realms that you exist in without a physical form. Mm -hmm. Or no one without, but other, a different kind of physical form. So I like to think about that. And I also mentioned it in classes, when you go into meditation, it's easy to take for granted that we have this physicality. Like there is such a thing as gravity and a body. And that if we weren't like tied in that way, we would be having a very different experience. Our consciousness would be having a very different experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they say that the, that great mystery of right, what ties the, the being to the body. And then they say, well, it's the winds, right? The prana, the great link between mind and body is the, the winds yeah uh, it's a great mystery and that's yeah that's amazing stuff and that's always sort of further down the line right yep. in any yeah teaching and, and all of that uh, well you know why i think it's further down the line it's because in order to actually fully 
understand it to the point of it being useful to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> you have to have the, the, the state of virtue of the mind. You have to have enough karma or enough virtue. And then so the, in the beginning, it's all about morality and, and, and kindness. So the six perfections, like uh, the six perfections leading to the fruition of the karma to get you to understand even deeper and deeper and deeper so that you can reach the ultimate states by understanding like winds and mind and how they relate. But at first, at first, just stop hurting each other. Yeah, right. Huh? Yeah, I mean, if you were to jump right to that, as some uh, yogic um, teachers and classes and workshops will do, you can go yeah. to a, a weekend workshop with your, and just work on your prana with no experience whatsoever. Yeah. Whew. Good yeah. luck. I, I hope it, you know, I hope you're sort of mentally prepared for that. And yeah, you can get hurt. You hurt, yeah. Yeah, I know one person in particular. Yeah, he was always uh, he was sort of involved with drugs and drinking, and he was doing wind practices. I go, dude, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. It's powerful stuff. You know, you and I've done those kinds of practices in retreat. You know, removed from the world, and even then, without all the distraction, there's a serious power there. You can. Mm -hmm. You can freak yourself out for days doing that. Yeah. Not, no, you know, no sleep. You just, you know, because you want, I think it's the element of desire where you, you want to push and get something, make something happen, and you push it too hard. And then you've got too much wind going somewhere where it shouldn't be. And then you can't sleep for three days. Yeah. If, you know, and then so that's, so yeah, first be kind. <laughs> you know, to ourselves and to others. And that's another thing about the Buddhist teachings, which I really love when I, I first kind of started to understand it, where they say, be kind to all sentient beings, which means you too. Like you are also a sentient being. And, it, and as the years went by and I started to get deeper into my meditation and start to understand, wow, yeah, this, this so-called John is in a way an outer object it mm. is like almost it is a person i need to take care of just as i would my neighbor because it's not really me either it's not the essence of my awareness it's yeah. a projection and so i need to take care of it in that way yeah which is which is kind of a selfless way of being selfish a selfless way of looking after yourself um yeah here we go. We're off on tangents again. <laughs> I haven't even started. All right, I, I'm look, I think we can get. I think we can get the three feeling aggregates and the three recognition aggregates done here. When I think we, we can. Yeah. When we move into the compositional factors, it goes right away into fifty-one items and one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven pages. Oh, but that's not all of it. Yeah. So it's. It's big. It's, it's 12 pages of the next one. So maybe we can just try and get the feelings and recognition. So okay. that, that is, they, sometimes they have different names, right? But it's form, feeling, recognition. Um, what are the other two then? It's called, it's called different here, but. Uh, do you mean the, the three of recognition? 
You've got the, the, the five aggregates, the five heaps. Oh, the five heaps. The five heaps are form, feeling, consciousness, uh, all other factors. And I'm forgetting one. Yeah, I think consciousness then is what they're going to call recognition. Yeah, they're going to call that recognition here, um, I believe. And then let's see. What they, oh, no, no, consciousness. The last one is consciousness. Sometimes they, they have different orders. Yeah. But, so form, sensation, perception, mental formation. That's what it is. Sanskaras and then consciousness. So I think this uh, aggregate of what they're calling, what he's calling the aggregate of compositional forces is going to be the uh, mental formations, the sankaras. Yeah. And that, yeah. which, and then that is going to eventually include the 51 mental factors and all that yeah okay. so we're, we'll, well, that's later today today we're gonna get into feeling and yeah. and perception which are kind of related to form definitely uh, i believe and if, if you're uh following along in sanskrit for form is rupa uh for feeling it's vedana and perception is sana so there we go mm -hmm. there will be a test later <laughs> with no one to market. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, so the three feeling aggregates. You know, you could say the three ways anyone ever feels. Right? And there's, <laughs> there's really only three ways we ever feel. <laughs> and all all the and it, well, they, the the umbrella of uh, he he's calling it happiness, suffering, and neutral, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then of course there's a a million ways we're happy, a million ways we suffer, and then uh, I guess maybe there's only one way we're neutral. Um, the thing that I really uh, love about the way that the Buddhists break everything down mm -hmm. is, is to try and defeat this idea that we are this uh, like tangible, self-existent, permanent one thing that, that exists in like, oh, I am a happy person. Right? Oh, I am <clears throat> a suffering person. Oh, I'm a neutral person. And in a way, you could say that's true in a moment, but then that moment's gone, mm -hmm. right? And so we tend to think that, okay, I am this being that has, sometimes I'm happy, sometimes I'm suffering, sometimes I don't care either way. And, but all the while, there is a, a me that is feeling those things and that uh, it, it is unchanging as if, as if there is this self-existent unchanging element of a me that everyone sees like I see and everyone knows if I'm happy or if I'm suffering or if I'm not. And, uh, but B Buddhism is saying that if you have a happy moment, if you experience a happy moment, it's an, it's just a, a risal of a karmic moment from something that's happened in the past. And this whole reality pops up in the moment. 
everything that you see, the self you perceive, the people that you see that you think are making you happy or the ice cream that you think is there that's making you happy is, is, a, is a blip. And they, they say uh, what uh, the number keeps changing, but per, per finger snap a 65 mm-hmm. karmic perceptions per finger snap, making it seem like a seamless movie. And we think, oh yeah, that chocolate ice cream I'm in a good mood right now because it's available and I'm having some. And uh, the Buddha would say, well, what's happening is some karma has ripened. Suddenly, you have the causes and conditions to feel happiness. And that's not you. Mm. And if it, because if it was you, you'd always be eating ice cream. You know, and then, so it, so I love it to think of it as parts. A part comes and goes and then something happens and we suffer, you know, uh, someone says something to us we don't like, or we don't get something we we want, uh, the thing's too expensive that we want to buy, or, you know, whatever you call it, anything that you want to call it. And then instead of being able to be free and think, oh, here's another karmic arrival that is a, what I'm calling negative, it's it, we take it personally. We oh, I failed. Mm. I can't have this thing. Yeah, don't they? I I, I like to categorize things too, and, and we see this a lot: body, speech, and mind. So mm-hmm. we're talking about happiness of the body. Getting that chocolate ice cream, um, you know, going for a swim feels really good. Maybe exercise or something like that. Yeah. Or you have a headache, or you know, some other pain. Now you have suffering of the body. And then in the speech, maybe it's uh, hearing a beautiful song or having a wonderful conversation with someone or someone says something mean at you, towards you. But I think the final frontier or the, 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 or the work, not the work, but the, 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 um, the, the Coliseum of, of, <laughs> of great, you know, where the great work is happening is in the mind. And so right. when you have, you could be eating ice cream and listening to the most beautiful song and be as unhappy as you can possibly be and go, why is that? I, I have yeah. all of these happiness, body and speech things going on here. And my mind is just, and it's, it's exactly like you're saying, that karmic seed just happens to be coming along and there it is and it pops. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always thought too, like, so maybe it's a, it's sort of a cycle. That one, just that particular karmic seed comes up and then it's like, it's kind of looking at you or saying, huh, what do you think? Huh? This time. And then you can be like, ah, oh, get out of here. And it goes away, but it comes back around until you sort of deal with it and, and sort of look at the situation as it really is mm-hmm. and be okay with it. And then the next time it comes around, it's in, in fused with that. Uh, let's say it's a negative thing. It's, it's infused now. It has a little bit of that. Oh, you're okay with that. You're okay with that until eventually that karmic seed just really doesn't bother you at all. Or that karmic, Probably not a seed isn't the right word, but propensity. Potential, yeah. Yeah, potential. Yeah, so, well, it, it eventually empties out. Sure. And that's yeah. how you kind of quote unquote work on mental karma, right? Mm-hmm. Or one way anyway. Yeah, well, that's uh, it's a nice, a nice way of uh, understanding that people try to understand karma, you know, you know, why why am I feeling this way? What did, what did I do to cause yeah. such and such? And to bring it back to that whole mental aspect of it, 
you know, just because it's ice cream or just because it's a new car or, or a new job, it doesn't mean that it's got to do with something you did with ice cream before, mm-hmm. you know, it, because everything relates to how you feel about what's happening. Yeah. So, you know, you, it's like you said, um, well, I mean, Zhang Rinpoche said it so greatly when he said people don't understand karma. Uh, they think that they don't understand that being a, like a movie star could be like a hell realm. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah. people work really hard towards something in their life. They're, this is going to make yeah. me happy. I'm going to have all the money and the house and the great relationship yeah. and all of this stuff. And then you get it and you're like, still not happy. <laughs> yeah. And I think, well, I think George Harrison said it really clearly in that cool documentary where he says, if you're lucky enough, like the Beatles were lucky enough to to get so much money, they could do anything they wanted. Uh, and he goes, and when you get all that and then you realize you're still unhappy. Mm-hmm. You're pretty lucky if you're, if you get that and okay, something else is, is afoot here, which mm-hmm. I guess is why they went to, uh, the famous guru, just, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I mean, most people on the earth aren't gonna reach that place. They're going to always think that, oh, if I just had a little more, yeah, I would, I would be happy. And. What's cool about it is what what he says in the book about um, when a feeling of happiness arises, one wants it to remain. So we, we're attached to happiness. When it disappears, one wants it to return. Right, and then suffering, which causes harm to the body or mind, is a state that that one never wants to meet. You know, and then when it's there, one wants to remove itself from it. It's interesting. And the neutral state is, is uh, we don't really have any feelings towards it one way or the other. It doesn't bring happiness or suffering to the body or the mind. It's just neutral. Yeah. Um, and then so we want to be happy and we don't want to suffer. And until you get some kind of education on how to actually pull that off, then we're, you know, looking for love in all the wrong places. You know? <laughs> We're trying to we're trying to get enough money to buy it, or get enough money, or or a situation to remove ourselves from what we think is the cause of suffering. Yeah. Um, and it just breaks down to something so simple and yet so elusive. And it's interesting how Buddhism. Uh, I think a lot of people may view it uh, from a religious standpoint. They go, well, "I don't I don't believe in religions," and they lump it in with other religions, and uh, its philosophy may can be considered too woo woo. But, you know, if you were to just strip this out of its Buddhist context and say what we've been saying to somebody, I think they'd kind of get it. You know, it's like, where's the Mm -hmm. source of your happiness coming from? You know, Mm -hmm. how much control do you have over that? You know, Mm -hmm. are you going to keep eating ice cream? Are you going to keep, you know, searching out uh, better uh, hedonic experiences? I think you can do that. Some people do that. You know, you live your whole life and go, yeah, because there's a lot to life, you know. I'm I'm certainly guilty of that when it comes to music and, and films and other things. Like I've listened to all kinds of great music, you know, over the course of my life. And uh, there does come a point where it's like, mm, I think I've heard like most of it, <laughs> <laughs> most of the good stuff. So now it's just, all right, what's new? Yeah. So now you get to that new, what's new. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much out there that we can uh, dive into. That's not the Dharma. You know, yeah. until everything is Dharma. 
but you know to get in order to get there uh you know it's so easy like i talk to quite a few people you know and I, people come to me sometimes um and just want to talk about their mental state and things like that and they may be dharma students uh, a lot of times they are dharma students and they're struggling with this or that and uh over and over and over again it it almost always comes down to one thing uh and it's just that they're swept into the current mm. of their mind that just continues to believe if they can just sort one thing out or another thing out uh they would be safe they would be happy mm-hmm. everything would work out uh, and they just they're just caught there they're like in the spin cycle and you know and i can teach them lead them through meditation and give them a moment of understanding like sometimes i'll see them and they'll get they'll have a moment of reprieve yeah and there'll be a sigh of relief and a, an understanding will come and often tears will come with it and laughter uh but it bounces right back the mind just bounces right back to the spinning wheel if there's no stability in awareness so if there's no stability in awareness then what ends up happening is um we're caught by we're caught in the net of being attached to happiness and being attached in a way attached to suffering too because you're thinking a lot about it not 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 wanting it to happen and uh the kind of the irony of it is if you view it in in relation to the six perfections trying to reach the stability of mind of reach a very very uh clear and still mind in order to have the virtue and the karma to have that kind of serenity that kind of lasting happiness uh then you have to have the patience to endure what's probably going to be a bunch of mental suffering and you, you know what's easier to do than to work on yourself is to think is to extend your beyond yourself your happiness and say uh, and this is really common in our culture in the world yeah. now i'll be happy once you believe what i believe oh good then yeah. things will be then then i'll be happy once yeah. you accept my values and of course yeah. you, you do see that where people conglomerate and then yeah. uh there's infighting and and fraction yeah. fractional divides among there so again it's not there either you know no. M- many suppers have been ruined that way <laughs> arguments over the dinner table about opinions yeah yeah you know i except i don't know except for maybe the italians i think they just do it for fun yeah i don't know i i, I was working in concrete for a long time and i would i would uh get into these uh dinner parties and stuff and it didn't matter they'd be yelling at each other like it didn't matter it seemed like pass assault and the topic could be like what happened five minutes ago and then they're screaming at each other and i just i don't think it mattered to anybody whether anybody was right or wrong i think they just loved the zealous <laughs> raucous i don't know <laughs> yeah i think i think maybe that and that could be what i was saying too it's like a cultural thing like if everyone is within their own cultural if they can all agree yeah. that you know yeah. italian food is the best because you're all italian yeah. then of course then everyone's yeah. happy yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, it's such a, and of course, Shanti Deva's happiness and suffering that we yeah. run towards uh, what will bring us suffering and push away what will bring us happiness. Now that's that's the that's the hard pill to swallow here when it's saying that your true happiness uh, mm-hmm. comes from within and from helping other people. Mm-hmm. You'll get that happiness uh, from there. Yeah, and uh, the you know if karma is true, you know if the B- Buddha knew what he was talking about, then. Uh, whatever we're bound to experience, we're going to experience it. And then if we decide, okay, you know, get super stoked about the teachings of the Buddha, mm-hmm. get a good teacher, have some good examples around you and start to understand, oh my God, you know, uh, I could glow like that. I could be happy like that if I put in some work. Um, and you're just asking for trouble. You're asking for karmas that haven't ripened yet to actually come to the front of the line so that you can deal with it. Yeah. You know, and then so they call them nyams, right? They call them like a, a, a meditative obstacles or things that are that that surge up in the mind and you could feel all kinds of really negative things about yourself as you purify the karma. Um, and that is interesting because you could think of that as suffering and be negative and not want it. But if you really know what's happening, it could be, you could be rejoicing in it. Yeah. You could be like, yeah, bring it on. Let's get this over with. How does the mind determine that? You know what I mean? Like, because the, the thoughts, you know, these are thoughts that just come out of the blue and, you know, in dreams, particularly I had a dream about a friend of mine who's, uh, he's bald and he had hair in his dream and he was in prison and we played kickball and, you know, I was like, <laughs> Was that where's that coming from or, or where it's like just it, but in our, in our example here just like i get a wave of happiness or a wave of yeah. sadness out of nowhere or some weird thing some idea or yeah. something you haven't thought about or some small little thing that happened 30 years ago mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and i think um the only way to for the mind for the you know anyone to be able to see it through the lens of okay, here comes karma. Is that you need to be trained in it? Yeah, you need to study it enough and have enough awareness of it to see it coming and going, and have like like moments like you're talking about. Say you're walking down the street, and something's bothering you, and it's making your whole body. You know, maybe you're worried about a job interview or something. It's coming up, and you're worried about it, and you you really want the job, and you're so nervous. Ah, uh, you know, they're gonna see through me and I'm not going to, you know, I want it. I want it. I need it. Yeah. But I want to see all the, you're just walking down the street and, and ruminating and your whole body is kind of racked with this stress. And then for no apparent reason, there's just this relief that comes over you. Yeah. You know, it didn't have, you didn't come have an epiphany. Just like all of a sudden there's space. Hmm. And like, but what happens is we largely, unless you're trained and recognizing these things like that, they go unnoticed. We don't, we don't go, Hey, wait a minute. Where did my problem go? There was a shift and I didn't do it. Hmm. It just changed. And it was like the something else arrived. And then suddenly you're feeling relief and nobody's around. No one said anything to you. It just happened. So is that space has something to do with that? Do you think that 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 at least uh, adds to it, or or not adds to it, but uh, 
This, uh, you mean the feeling of uh, space, uh, the feeling of uh, relief? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because you had mentioned space. Yeah, I think we when we do that, when we, it could be something like, you know, taking five breaths or putting some space between you and a problem. Yeah. Yeah. You, you see it in a different light and so on. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I think that breathing does work so well. You know, you know take a take a, you know take a breath, and so you, re you realize that you maybe haven't been breathing, for yeah. or you're breathing very tightly, and then space you get space, and then the problem moves away. Sometimes can just move away and be gone. Mm -hmm. But yeah, space, space, the final frontier. <laughs> All right um three, the, th the three aggregates i think we did it yeah i think we the three feeling aggregates we nailed that uh how about the three recognition aggregates small extensive and limitless hmm. yeah what does that mean exactly the three rec so how the three things that we see right hmm. the three ways that we see aggregates the three parts of the three ways that we see so we see in a small way or we see, we recognize things in a small way, or we recognize them in an extensive way or a limitless way. But what does small way um, mean? And this is, I find this quite fascinating. Um, the the small, uh, so, well, he says recognition is the aggregate or the part which distinguishes characteristics such as shape and color. So, you know, the things that we recognize in certain ways. So he says, or I shouldn't say he, Buddhism says, the small recognition recognizes objects in the desire realm. Mm, okay. Okay. So when you say that, see, it's not see, just visual, it's. Or, I think or, what or, it means where is, is it? It says recognizes. Okay. The, so so you, you, you can perceive these objects, right? You. So there's going to be obviously he's saying desire realm and there's three of them. So it's bound. There's going to be form and formless realms. So if your karma is such, you have the ability to recognize or experience the small one, which is the desire realm, and the desire realm is massive. You know because it's it includes the the god realm. The, the demigod realm, and then the humans, the animals, the hungry ghosts, and the hell realms. They're all in this realm that is the desire realm. And uh, if you're perceiving that realm, then your, uh, your recognition aggregate is operating small. <laughs> it's it's on it's it's on small just just from so you're you're just perceiving it you're just are you are you labeling are you just or do you just kind of like like a an animal like a, a dog isn't necessarily doesn't dog dog doesn't say oh is that a new macintosh it's just sort of oh you know object in front of me yeah i think it means that you you're you're perceiving as in you're recognizing your reality which is dictated by what you are so that's that's how you know what your karma is <laughs> is how you feel about anything you look at like um mm. if if you're a if you're a dog and you look at a a pencil 
and you see a, something that you want to chew on, then that means you're a dog. It's like what you see. You know, and if you're a human, you look at it and you think, oh, here's something I can, well, we didn't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but here's something I can write with, you know, then like you're a human. They say that. Like, So these are all small examples of small. These are all examples of small. Okay. So, uh, and it, 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 inside the realm of the desire realm where everybody's going through the spin cycle of suffering. So you're, even if you're in the God realm, you're not a fully enlightened being yet. And they say it's really bad to be there because it's so great. You don't have any concern. You don't study Dharma. And you uh, burn out all the karma that you accrued to, to get there. And then as that nears the end, it gets really, really bad. And they, the scriptures say that not only... Uh, you don't just drop one level. <laughs> Apparently, you go straight down to the bottom. You burn everything out, and you go down to the hell realms. Um, and then, just below them, the, the 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 real upper god realm is is the they call them the jealous demigods because they're not quite, you know, they don't quite have the mansion that the that the god has, and so they feel this uh, envy for the gods. But they're living a very nice life, but they're plagued by this envy. And then they eventually also burn their karma out and they go down. But they say that the human realm is perfect because we, perfect in order to become a Buddha because we have intelligence and we suffer just enough to want to do something about it mm -hmm. or can. So we have the, it's, it's great leisure and fortune. And then of course there's the animal realm and then the hungry ghost realm. And, and the hell beings. And this is all samsara. People are getting born, reborn, dying, and just again and again and again forced in this continuous round by their karma. And so this is the the small recognition. So how do you, then what's extensive, right? Mm -hmm. And this is wild. So the extensive recognition recognizes objects in the form realm so the the thing that's wild about all this is again right it's easy to think it's easy to think okay i am a self-standing person i am john and i'm gonna travel and and john will appear I will appear in a hell realm or I'll appear as an, as an, as an animal, like I'll be John the rabbit, you know, or I'll go into the bardo and somehow I'll still remember I'm John. Mm. And this is a, it's, it, this is elusive because, uh, they say the only thing that uh, travels with you is the Dharma, you know, your karmas and stuff. And, uh, I remember thinking this like, okay, yeah, when I die, I'll live on, but thinking that I would, I would live on like the, the, the John. That's just a perception of my awareness. Mm -hmm. That's just going to, that's going to fizzle out. Like it'll be forgotten. It'll be gone. It won't exist. And so you have a karmic perception, boom, of, of the self you experience as a human or as an animal. And you're seeing with small recognition in that realm, but you could be, you know, Greg, 
in meditation, seeing yourself as a human, and then go to and experience yourself as a being of the form realm. And while you're in the form realm, you're not Greg anymore. One could expand your recognition. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Is that uh, a choice? Is that karmic based? Is it a combination? It can be both. Mm -hmm. So you can do certain meditations that uh, take you to the form realm. It can be, uh, uh, you know, a karmic arrival, and then suddenly you experience yourself there. But anybody that has done enough meditation, if you manage to get down to uh, the levels of shamatha, you're getting to a level like eight, seven, eight, and nine, and you're getting very still with your mind. I mean, you're you're very ripe to go to the form realm. Um, and there's levels to the form realm, and they say that the form realm is where you actually see emptiness directly. You go to that realm. You're not, you don't know yourself as Greg or John. You've left that, you've left the building and you can have experience of this realm. And it is literally, literally like you um, got in a car and drove somewhere and you are in a place but you don't have any recognition of travel. You're just there. And there are other beings there and you see them and they see you. And it's very different. You can get teachings there. Uh, you know, you hear about this in the, in the Buddhist text, people getting downloads from uh, uh, like Padmasambhava and stuff. That's not happening in the desire realm. That's happening somewhere else. But it's just like me and you talking. And you're mm. getting the download and then you go and then you return down to your human form and you take it with you. You bring it in to, you'd say, the desire realm. But so these beings, they're not uh, subject to extremes of like pleasure or pain. They, they exist in that realm and they, you could say they have physical form, but it's not, uh, it's like, uh, like subtle body form. It's, it's not, uh, how we would relate to a physical form there's physicality, but it's more like, a like rainbow body, like light kind of material. Mm -hmm. They're there. But that space is where we are now. It's, there's no location. There's no destination to go there. You just appear there. It occupies the same space you're in right now. And so if you have extensive recognition, you can you can recognize the form realm. And uh, you can, with no Buddhist training, end up there and uh, get stuck there. Because that's the, the call, the famous bliss monkey where you just your motivation to meditate is to experience bliss and to remove yourself from your mental afflictions long enough to get a break and if you do that you can get very good at that and you can do that and you'll end up in the form realm and you you'll just want to stay there you'll just and then what they say is you end up being born there which just means you end up getting stuck there 
until eventually you will have to come down and deal with your mental afflictions. Unfortunately, but you can't, uh, you know, you need to become a Buddha right from where you are, but you access these realms. So that's the extensive recognition, the form realm. Limitless. Formless realm. So this, the formless realm, they, in the beings in the formless realm don't have physicality. Uh, they say that if you're born in the formless realm, it's just wherever you are, which is like anything really, but it's just mind. It's just a, it's a realm of mind. There's no physical cosmology to it at all. They don't have shape or location. It's just a realm of mind. Limitless mind. Yeah. Limitless mind. And if you do meditation practice and you do it for years and years and years, you're just going to have all kinds of experiences like that, that you won't be able to name or put your finger on, you know, and then you may be reading something like this and go, oh, wait a minute, I think I might've been in the formless realm for a certain amount of time. You know, I, you know, because you do, you do disappear from yourself. And are you compared, compared to the, uh, um, desire realm where you're interacting with shapes and colors and sense objects and sound and form any of that or it's all a mental plane well in the formless realm they say that it's just all mental there's none of that but in the form realm it's like in between the two in the form realm you definitely feel like there's something going on. Like you're seeing things, you're seeing shapes and colors, you're hearing sounds, you're seeing an environment. Um, and depending on your karma, I think that, I think a Christian would maybe perceive a different form realm because of their training and what's in their mind. But because someone depends on your karma, but you know, you, it's like, um, like a painting, you know, like these beautiful oases of, uh, you know, purple water and beautiful, you know, and beings around and the, the five different colors, right? There's yellow ones and green ones and red ones, white ones. And uh, it's, it's a nice place to be. Yeah. <laughs> I could see where desire realm shapes and colors and sound could be co considered coarse yeah in, in comparison and th this is something I've, I've noticed about when you have really um lucid dreams where you you can hear a song that's the most beautiful song you've ever heard you can see something a color that's so it's indescribable you wake up and it's like i can't that was i can't even begin to put words on it similar thing i'm, I'm mm -hmm. thinking yeah yeah, except you wouldn't be thinking like that in a way. Right, but it's yeah. just your mind. It's just yeah. the, the, the attributes of your mind. Yeah. 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 Let, let's, so these are the five aggregates. These are the first three, uh, form, feeling, and recognition. They seem to be, to my mind, uh, my, my uh, limited mind, my small mind, 
my non-extensive mind. Um, <laughs> I'm not seeing the interconnection of these as, as you know, being called the five aggregates, the five heaps. Is it just part of our experience? How did, how did at yeah. least these first three kind of weave together? Well, I think, I think what, um, because we haven't gone through all five heaps, mm -hmm. you could say, um, it would be like, these are three ways in which we, three parts of the ways in which we experience ourselves in reality. And the Buddhists have gone and ma made labels, made lists and said, okay, these are all the ways that it's possible for you to feel and see uh, as a human in a certain realm, this is how your karmas are experienced and that they are just that. I see. And when they say the heaps or the five aggregates or the five heaps, when they, we finally get to Alshia, all five of them, um, they're either impure or they're pure. This is very interesting. So we're, our, our object, our, our, the big game in town as a Buddhist is to, is to purify these heaps, which really only means um, that you see them all as pure appearances, which means you see them all as not being self-existent. You see them all as arisals of, uh, from your dharmakaya. You see them all as uh, karmic perceptions. And then eventually all those perceptions are perceptions um, born of virtue. And so while we struggle and have suffering minds, we feel uh, negative things, we're caught up in positive things, we have a body that aches, and, you know, which is all involved in all these uh, elements and perceptions, then we're suffering from impure heaps or impure aggregates. I see. And the mental aspect is we don't understand that that's all born of karma. And then so then you shift into uh, getting some wisdom, knowing that uh, whatever you do each day and each moment is bringing out a result in the future. And if you can actually have that on your mind, then you're planting merit instead of dirty white karma. Mm. Dirty white karma just will give you a, you know, a nicer situation, but you'll be still in samsara. So the idea is to purify all of them. So at the very end, you're still going to have these aggregates, but they're just going to be the aggregates that a Buddha sees. So if you're in the desire realm and you're uh, in the animal realm, you may not be aware of it, but you're experiencing all these heaps, all these aggregates, from the perspective of a deer, mm. right? And then at some point, you'll experience all those aggregates from the perception of a Buddha. And um, yeah, a great example of that is if you look at your life from the perspective of, you know, the past being empty of definitive meaning so that I love this example. Say you're in the stage of your life. I think we can all relate to the stage of your life where we're blaming everybody for everything. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I certainly went through one of those, uh, blaming my parents for everything, how I felt, all my failures. And, you know, if they had, of, if my parents had have been different, then I would have had more money. You know, Nate, just you name it, right? Um, and then so we have this easy out. All my pain is someone else's fault. Mm. But then as you progress and your mind begins to clear, you start to get this uh, idea of, okay, well, if I'm going to start blaming everybody for what I am, <laughs> then you, gotta, you have to start understanding that everyone took part in you becoming happier. And then, and then if you eventually get to the point where you see yourself as an enlightened being, or maybe just an aria, maybe just, just you pull off being an aria, then for sure you're going to look back at your life and you're going, wow, like every single situation I was ever in mm-hmm. brought me here. Yeah. And so you cannot then hold a grudge. So when you look back at your past, so then you're, you're having the perception of your aggregates, your heaps, your relationship with your past and everything from the perspective of an aria. So it's all based around your relationship with the aggregates. And that's how it all ties together. And that eventually uh, they'll be totally pure and you'll have like this rainbow body. And then sort of the next one, mental formations, like right off the bat, it starts talking about 51 psychic factors. And uh, so the way that that then that seems the way that all of this is going to weave together you'll be able to see how your perception and feelings and how the different forms and sense yeah. consciousness are interacting with yeah. things such as um belief or um yeah. doubt or pride or yeah. laziness or so on and so forth yeah i like i like alan wallace's presentation because he calls them a 51 mental processes. It's easier for me mm. to think of it. If you say 51 psychic factors, I instantly think of a crystal ball, mm. you know, and, uh, and it's, you know, not to go too deep into it now, but uh, he gave this great teaching on what are you going to use your concentration for? And it's like, so if you're, if you're, uh, if you're all your heaps, all your aggregates are configured in a certain way. And that is from the perspective of, a bodhisattva trying to reach enlightenment, mm. then your aspirations will be a certain, you know, oh, you'll be studying scripture, you'll be trying to be kind, you'll be meditating, and it's, you're just using your concentration that way. Or if you're experiencing the karmic perception of all of your aggregates arising as, uh, he used a great example of a sniper. Yeah. You know, then you're using, you, then you're, using your concentration, you're using the aggregates you have to learn how to do someone harm perfectly. And that is going to be a different configuration and a different level of purity uh, of, of your aggregates and further or closer to the truth of being. So it's all interwoven for sure. And it always comes down to the raw awareness, space, and perception, and how you're experiencing all of those things. But all of those things are being experienced one way or the other. And we're really talking about how the mind works through all this, or consciousness, and um, yeah, 
Yeah, when you're saying that about a sniper, there's a new David Fincher movie called The Killer. Mm. And yeah, he's an assassin and you can see where, yeah, he's doing all of these things. He has a very, um, he has very uh, well-formed opinions about his physical world. He has very well-formed appealings about what his happiness means and what the world is all about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and how he's perceiving things, so... Yeah, and I think that's attractive when we see see movies and we the character is so sure. Yeah. You know, I think that's attractive. You know, oh yeah, this guy's got or this girl's got some they may be off in some immoral thing, but they're sure. Yeah. And wouldn't it be nice to be sure? You know? I think that was the attraction of, of the Terminator. He just kept coming back. <laughs> you know, he's just like he's got certainty. He's just I'll be back. And he did come back, you know, and I think we find that attractive and which is, I, I don't know. The irony of it all is that by the end of it all, that all needs to disappear. Yeah. Like you, you basically go into space, you know, enlightenment is not about being sure. I mean, you, you, not in the human way, at, at least. You know, you use your certainty. Okay, yes, you know, karma, meditation. I, I'm sure that this is going to, for me. But uh, as you go, just things fall away. All your certainty just falls off to the side. All the things that you thought were true before just crumble. But you're more free, you, you know, like Shanti Deva says, you're going to lose everything. You know, how can we, how can we be so caught up in, uh, you know what someone says to us or how can we so get so caught up in negative people and positive people when really we're all going in the same direction anyway like shanti deva says right yeah. uh, we're all going to dis- disappear yeah so why not make it why not do it awake that's 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 what you that's what becoming a Buddha is. All, all it really means is you're, you disappear while you're awake. That's all it really is. We were talking before we started <laughs> too about, you know, people may look at Buddhism and think that it's a religion and so on and so forth. It's a really, it's a deep psychology. And this is one of the, that's when I hear the word psychic, I think of psyche. It's talking about mm-hmm. how, mm-hmm. how your mind works. It has, it has one angle on it. You know what I mean? Like if you're uh, whatever, you know, Freudian or somebody, you have, you have ideas about how you're taking in your sensory input, what the, what the forms are, how the feelings are. And everyone has uh, all of these systems of thought, psych- psychological thought, have different ways of looking at it. And philosophy is even, even more complicated because mm-hmm. they're, they're just thinking of ideas. They don't have to prove anything. <laughs> Things are yours, I think. But at least yeah. in psychology, yeah. they can say, hey, try this. Whereas Buddhism is like, you know, here's this is what the Buddha saw and specifically was saying. And they're saying he was, you know, he reached all these things and he's kind of explaining it. He's reverse engineering it for you. Yeah. You know, he didn't have these. He didn't have the five heaps as he was going about his um, on his path to enlightenment. But after he yeah. could sort of look at his mind and say, OK, yeah, here's how here's how form is happening. And here's how your feelings are related to things. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Yeah. And you can, you can do that. That's the beautiful thing about that is you can take that reverse engineering and apply it and 
go into meditation and see it happen. You can watch your mind take shape, mm. do stuff, have thoughts, and notice how, wow, like if I wasn't in meditation, I would be totally buying into that right now. That would be my reality. That would be a coat that I was wearing. And But you're just watching it going, wow, okay, there's a, there's a part. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I had something recently. It was something I, I forget what it was. Maybe let's just say it was ice cream. And I was, couldn't wait to eat. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get this. And as I was eating it, I was off on some other mental tangent and I was al already <laughs> done. I was like, oh, I didn't stop to enjoy this. <laughs> you, right? you didn't actually eat it. And actually, yeah, the happiness was not there. And no. it, was, it was, I designed it for it to be there, and, but it did not. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many times are we going to do that? And, you know, before we, you know, not fall for that, that illusion, you know? Yeah. And that's just sort of, you know, uh, related to something, you know, physical, you know, uh, again, body, speech, and mind, that was a body thing. Whereas mm -hmm. the mental things, when we're off on some tangent and the whole day could go by. Yeah. Very easy to do that, you know? Yeah. I, I remember at one point, uh, I can still remember the room I was in meditating uh, quite a few years ago, probably 15 years ago. And I saw very clearly that I was, every one of my days was consciously or unconsciously just little compartments of experience, mm. you know? And then, so I would like get mm -hmm. through one moment with a Snickers bar. And as soon as that was over, then I'd be like, okay, what's going to get me through the next yeah. moment? What's going to get me through the next 15 minutes? And I just sat there in meditation and watched my mind like, wow, I'm just reaching out for ways to feel comfortable and happy. And when the stickers bar has been, you know, been completely gone, then my mind looks for something else. Okay, what's on TV? You know, okay, what's, you know, or start thinking about something, some fantasy or um, music. And then like, wow, like how many of my days have just been that. Yeah. And then you don't get the thing you want. And then you have, hey, how's your day going? Oh, I had a really bad day. I didn't get the things that I wanted. <laughs> and we have, we have control over that. You know, yeah, yeah. We, have, we have such control over that. I, I had a meeting today with, with this person that it's the same meeting every time. And I have to explain <laughs> the same things every time. And I, I just had fun with it this time. And uh, uh, so you, you do have some choice in there. If you're, if you have awareness, if you have awareness, if you don't, then you don't. 